an Olympus kid on in on the uh what was a tour they went on. Oh, I can't remember. But you know, one of the big one like on stage props, they had they brought out this big toilet and they flushed images of NSYNC and Backstreet or something. Sick like, burn. Really, guys? <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah well exactly so 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 clever so so clever Fred brunch hit it boys I don't think we've ever been the guys do this and girls do this thing but something happened to me today that I quite liked and i was like i think this is something that only dudes do and maybe it's just because it's a very douchey kind of thing and women are better than men but this was a thing that i was like i would like this to be an everybody does this thing go on when you yield and let somebody go when you're driving what might you expect back uh like for as like a thank you is some sort of nice acknowledgement uh i think usually just like the hand wave you do a hand wave yeah but every now and then and this is the gold of drive like this is why we drive for every now and then this moment it's not to get anywhere because every now and then you'll let somebody go and as they're turning they will point at you have you ever gotten that before no I've gotten that like six times in my life, and every time I'm so happy. It makes my I, that day. would make my day. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think I've ever done that before. I don't have the confidence to, but like the, the guy who's going, he's taking a left. I have the right of way, and I let him go. He's got a big truck. No uh, one, yeah, I feel like mean to that guy. Of the percentage of people that like point, uh, at like ninety nine percent have to be truck guys. Stereotypes were in play here. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy, the guy's turning, and he's like, I think someone was in the car talking to him. Like he was not paying attention he to what the person was saying. In. He was like, <laughs> probably saying something like, "That's my guy," <laughs> yeah. right? And that's just something that I wish everybody would do. I don't want to water it down totally, but I would say everybody. I can't say everybody because I I don't have the confidence to do this. But like I don't know every, but I think that every everybody... like twenty times someone lets you go, just have the the stupid bravado to be like. I don't think yes. it, I don't think it necessarily even has to be like a point. I think that maybe we should just start getting more creative with the ways that we acknowledge a person in a car. Like I might like every twenty times might start blowing a kiss, right? I toss a macarena at them, yeah, just, right, yeah. Just really throw them off their game and be like, "Damn, that person's that person's got something going on, and I like it. It's made my day." All right, we're installing dashboard cams <laughs> and driving around to see how many people let us go. And what we do in return. It's like carpool like, karaoke, but exactly. like carpool uh, charades. So like the easy one would be dab on them. <laughs> <laughs> you, the, I, I think that you would have to point and dab. D- You'd d- be like, this one's for you. Yeah. But that also seems uh, quite dangerous. You're taking both hands off the wheel to dab. That's true. That's But like if you gave like a... A one hand on the wheel with like a... Like sir, a, ma'am? With like ah. a quick point and then bam. <laughs> yeah be pretty good uh how about a quick little this would be way too dangerous but depending on if you've had years of training it's like toss a quick little magic trick at him <laughs> <laughs> nobody would believe just a that. quick rabbit out of the hat yeah just like why has that guy got a card in his hand he doesn't have where that card go You're just like that's not my card <laughs> 
Uh, a quick little like hat tip. Yeah, might be might be a good one. Yeah, I like tipping the hat. Mm-hmm. Tipping the hat is way more vocalized than it's actually done in practice. Correct? Uh, yeah, like an old. You had to give him the old tip of the cap. Yes, you. Unless you play th- baseball, I don't think you've ever. Has a tip of the so, cap like, ever happened outside of baseball or like the eighteen hundreds? Um, everybody wears like uh, probably not like top hats. No, probably not. Yeah. But I'd like that done more in practices as well. Just give a light, nice little tip of the cap. That's a tough, tough one though, because then like you're giving a tip of the cap, but you're also revealing your hat hair. Yeah, if, if I'm wearing a hat out, I'm not taking my hat off because I probably have like very embarrassing hat hair. This one's for the Patreon people. Oh yeah. That's not great. Yeah, but hat hair when you got long hair is okay. It's, it's okay. You, you, there's just like a very, very big flat. difference between certain areas of your of your head. My hair is looking pretty good these days, especially in a hat. I agree. Yeah. Long hair always works. Although, I'll tell you what. I'm really considering cutting mine, like buzzing it. Because now I have to fucking get away from people like you. Not to That's be mean. Fair. It's like, now becoming style. Like being right. long hair was a unique thing a little while that ago. That was my thing. Before. And that was like people were people wanted me to cut my hair. Oh, they yeah. would say, hey, cut, why are you growing it long? Oh, come on. Why can't you look like everybody else? And Especially I know on it TV. sounds silly to act like like I, I, I was the only person with long hair. <laughs> I was. Well, like on TV. Yeah. Like a lot of people on TV are very clean cut, very um, boring. Yeah, just. I've been trying to push back against that forever. I hope I'm making some progress there. Um, my place of work is cool about it, but I feel like you're right. A lot of people, a lot of places are like, it's got to be. I'm, I want to say conservative, but maybe that's uh, maybe that's the wrong word. But we're clean like, like clean and like this and then like everything just so and. Nah, be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there was a, quite a bit of pushback uh, l- last week when I uh, debuted the, the middle part. Yeah, I don't think it was. So I, I'll tell you what. I've been through the the look that you did. I've been through that before. I don't think it was the middle part. I think it's just that you let it fall and you didn't put anything in it. That to the person who has it is more exciting, especially if they're growing their hair for the first time or growing their hair when they hadn't in a while. You're more excited about it because it's you're like accomplishing something. Yeah, it's different. You're working toward like you you this. I did not have this before, and everybody who sees it is going to feel either like they like it a lot or like they don't like it so much. Yeah. So you're gonna get at the very least you're gonna get a lot of conversation about it. Which for me, I I like attention on my own terms. Um. But I don't like. I, I'm more like like. Hey, like we're all having the same conversation about something. Not like, hey, look at what he's wearing and what he's doing <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Um, so I don't. I, I'm not a crazy big fan of that. I enjoyed the memes. The Miles sending uh, the uh, what's uh, his name from uh, Malcolm Chris in the Masterson. Middle? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was uh, his character's name? There was uh, Reese. There was Malcolm. There was Dewey. And shoot, I got all of them except uh, Francis. Francis. Yeah, that's right. Francis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who I bet Francis ended up being a, a totally fine kid. Definitely. That was it. That that show he got out on I his own terms. I know we just did like a dudes in dudes who drive trucks might point at you stereotype, but I feel like that show, as did everything back in the day, leaned into a lot more stereotypes than they might have meant. Like, oh, this kid doesn't get great grades, 
So we have to send him to military school and he's going to be a disaster in military school. And he's always going to be trying to like find to wiggle his way out of stuff. And like a, a lot of kids aren't nailing it when they're young like that. that I don't think that Francis and that don't, don't go back and be like, he burned someone's house down in this one episode. I don't remember every episode, but. Also, how fucked I have up, confidence in Francis. Or, how fucked up is it that that show is called Malcolm in the Middle and there's four brothers? Yeah, but I think that it's probably... I didn't know about this at the time, but it's probably something about um, middle child syndrome. Yeah, but he's not even a middle child. Yeah, he is. No, because there's, we're just, there's four of them. Yeah, he's the third of four. That's not middle. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Middle is like in there's between. There's two middle children in that. Because there's four. Well, there's two middle children, but it's about Malcolm. Yeah, oh, I mean, well, that's because they they're picking between Reese and Malcolm, and that I, show isn't very kind to Reese. I feel like you can only be a middle child if you're dead in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I I would lean towards that. I consider myself a middle child. I'm one of four children. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but I I think that that middle child stuff kind of manifests itself in different ways i I honestly don't even understand all of these stereotypes about middle child <laughs> yeah. syndrome because i i have so many other syndromes that when i learned about middle child syndrome a few years ago i was like i this I is way this is way on the list low on the list uh, of priorities yeah, right please <laughs> i will figure that out uh much much later uh tell you what we've got a an award show episode that we didn't expect coming because no. i think our interest has just dwindled and dwindled and dwindled on award shows but not only did the Grammys just happen, and the Grammys knocked our socks off, Oscar nominations are now out, and now we've got some crazy catching up to do if we want to try to follow the Oscars the way we enjoyed the Grammys. We've been a big Oscars podcast the last couple of years, but Grammys were amazing. We're going to talk to John Norris in a few minutes about the, the Grammys. Just John Norris, legend has been around music forever. Um, we talked a little bit on about this on the stream on Monday, but this was the best Grammys show, I think, ever. It was the best that I can remember watching. Um, and just to say that was stunning is uh, a severe understatement because I didn't even know if I was going to watch the Grammys. I had no interest. I was surprised that you were in from the beginning. You were like hanging out for a little bit at the beginning of the Grammys and we were doing the typical, you text with your friends during the Grammys thing. Mm -hmm. And I think they just never let, I, th I think their strategy was smart because they never let you get away. They opened with, okay, here's Harry Styles. And you're like, cool. And then right after, they're like, all right, now Billie Eilish. And you're like, well, I'm not going to turn, it, turn off. it off during Billie <laughs> right. Eilish. Like, Billie Eilish is happening right now. Be like, I, it would be irresponsible as a consumer <laughs> of, okay, Heim's there now. Like, and they just kept coming. And they threw Taylor Swift out there very quickly. Yeah, I think the one thing they messed up with is I would have uh, had Taylor go with the country artists. Because they had Miranda Lambert and another country artist. Um, I haven't listened to country in forever. Maren Morris. So, uh, Maren Morris. No, so, uh, somebody else. Uh, it was all women, but uh, the first uh, woman kicked it off. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, they went to Miranda Lambert, then Maren Morris. I would have tossed Taylor Swift in there because I think that there's a real chance that you're losing the 
I'll check it out for Billie Eilish and Dua Lipa people when you go to a bunch of artists who people might not listen to. Maren Morris is more mainstream, so she probably held people's attention there. But I honestly, I probably would have like tossed Taylor in there. I know that she's not country anymore, but I don't know. We lie about what Taylor Swift is all the time. <laughs> so if we're going to lie about how good she is, well, let's also lie about what genre she is and throw her in there. Uh, before we get to John Norris... Um, We'll discuss this between ourselves because we don't know John Norris well enough to know if he's going to want to tolerate this conversation. Uh, the Dua Lipa thing. Mm-hmm. Dua Lipa rocked America's world. <laughs> yeah. Rocked the yeah. world's world. Yeah. Uh, it was... I, I didn't know anything about Dua, Dua Lipa uh, other than uh, I knew that she was the ex-girlfriend of the lead singer from yeah, Lanny. You, you, you referenced that a lot. And I was like, I had, I didn't know this. I also don't know anything about Dua Lipa. But right. I I do think it's funny that like That's you've kind of had that. that in your back pocket like whenever it's needed to come up. Well, it was just one thing that I always knew. And I like I have never brought it up because I don't really know who Dua Lipa is. Um, and I know that like. That guy can't stop talking about it. Ah. It's like his whole thing is that like I'm very sad because I'm coming off of a breakup and he made like an entire album, made a couple albums about it. And so uh, now I get it because Dua Lipa is, I just, I, is now America's girlfriend. Yeah, I was going to say not to do the like, oh, like the, I, I think this celebrity is so hot or like I'm in love with this celebrity, but like. Everybody was in love yes. with Dua Lipa. Um, I was texting with uh, with Fidelberg about this, and uh, I also brought it up on the stream. But I think that Dua Lipa's performance, and then later Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's performance, but uh, Dua Lipa kind of broke us in for the Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion performance, and that. Whether or not you've been alone with somebody, you could be with your partner and seeing them every day. And like, I think that people, everybody is lonely during this time. And that loneliness manifests itself in a million different ways. And one of them is, is I think that like people aren't seeing like sexual, like sexy things, you Mm -hmm. know, like uh, Feidelberg brought up, he was like, people... If they're alone, like maybe like they're watching porn or something to like address like l- literal loneliness yeah, or yeah. whatever. But people like out in the wild, right? Like people <laughs> yeah. aren't just aren't like seeing uh, enough like award shows or like even just going out in public and being like, oh, like look at that, like look at that couple over there, they're gorgeous. I feel like if you go out and you see like a, a very attractive couple. You're not even thinking of it because, like, you're all wearing masks and you're... You, Probably wearing just, sweatpants. It's just part of your brain that yeah. isn't working. And it's a stupid kind of primitive part of our brain. But I think that when people watch Dua Lipa's performance and Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, I bet that, like, there was a sensory overload <laughs> of... Like, probably, for lack of a better term, just, like, straight-up horniness of Ooh. people watching something sexual for the first time in a million years. Blindsided horniness. Exa- right. Just yes. kind of, like, caught off guard by... Especially Stuff that because kind of always is on TV, and, and she did. I think th- there was like an intentional blindsidedness to that because set us up. She yeah, she set us up. She was like, "This is going to be pretty boring. I'm just going to stand here in front of this whatever scene that was in the background, and then it goes dark for a second, and she just takes off the clothes." Yeah, 
That was uh, yeah, really blindsided. It's us. a lot to handle. Levitating uh, with the standing up and just kind of singing at the camera, mic stand, uh, unharmed, so not Father John Misty style. That was kind of setting us up, but it shows how 2021 our brains are. We were texting about it. We were like, I guess this is what you, I guess this is what this performance is, huh? <laughs> right. Like neither of us were allowing it at all for like the pr- pr- someone's going to start dancing now, <laughs> or so there's going to be an outfit change or something. It was. And all uh, t- it was an all-time bamboozle, I'll tell you, because we were waiting for a bad performance because all the performances to that point had been just like knockouts yeah. and just kind of waiting for one that, that was a bit of a letdown. And it started off pretty boring and pretty static. And I texted you. I was like, okay, this one is is probably the first stinker. First miss, yeah. And uh, yep, uh, that, didn't, that didn't age well. Every, I've, I've never seen people explode, though, the way they did during that not performance. Right, maybe, not, the, during that performance. Every group text I was in, every person I was texting, like all at the same time, was like, "She did that," or yeah. like, "Oh damn," or literally hot. Hey, Dua, <laughs> like, right? Just a, a lot. I don't think we even knew how to talk like that anymore, <laughs> just because we haven't. Infer- no, I don't think anybody was like had like the cool thing to say. I think it was just a lot of like, "Holy smokes, <laughs> damn." Talk, wow. talk a lot about stonks on the rise, a lot of bonks on the rise. Okay. Um, oh, bonks. Yeah. Bon- yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, horny, the horny bonks. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering why you were like upset. I thought that was that some I... term I didn't know. I no. thought you were saying like, I thought you were using bonk to describe a, a part of the body. And I was no. like, ugh, not that kind of, <laughs> no. not that kind of cast. No, you bonk people when they're horny. Yeah. That, yeah. F- I mean, but nobody was bonking got... each other. Everybody was like, I, 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 I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I mean, Feidelberg got destroyed by those memes and it was the funniest thing in the world uh let's bring in john norris and uh talk about the rest of this dang program joining us via via the internet from new york the great john norris what's up man what's up man how's it going good it's super cool to have you talk grammys talk i mean pete just said when you called you are kitted up i don't know anything about soccer but i'm trying to get into it and uh we'll talk i guess i'll start with the soccer question what is the you'll never walk alone significance? Because I was watching Ted Lasso the other day. They played that song in it. I've seen friends tweet it during soccer games. Uh, and then uh, Brittany Howard played it at the in memoriam thing. And soccer fans were really excited about it. I just know it as a Jerry and the Pacemakers song. And why do soccer fans like Jerry and the Pacemakers? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you more history on this than you even want. This is going to, I don't want to take up too much of this episode explain, answering this question. But so the song was originally written for the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical Carousel back in the 19, I want to say 30s or 40s. And yes, you're right. During the Pacemakers did do a cover of it. The reason they did a cover of it is because it, because it is to all the football world known as Liverpool Football Club's anthem. And Jerry and the Pacemakers, think iconic Liverpool band. And um, so embrace that song. And that is a song that all LFC fans sing multiple times at every match. And um, we have a song too, Real Madrid does, but it's a much newer song. I won't, I won't, I won't, uh, I will spare you my rendition of it. But, um, but anyway, so You'll Never Walk Alone is, is known throughout the football world is Liverpool's song. And, um, but of course they used it in the, in memoriam section uh, the other night at the Grammys. 
Plus, I used it in a commercial, which was interesting. Did, I, which, I, did you see the commercial? Like Brittany Howard was doing in the commercial, too. Yeah. It was a, was a Jack Daniels commercial. There were a lot of like yeah. extremely music-heavy commercials during the Grammys, which I don't remember being that being the case like obviously it's geared towards music but like i feel like every commercial was so heavy on on music it felt kind of like the super bowl in that respect you know how they'll they'll do they'll do ads or they'll do commercials just for the super bowl mm-hmm. and it felt like there were a bunch more of those this time for the grammys right right so i i mean we'll uh, have to get back to the soccer thing or the football thing at some point because as somebody who I've, I follow a lot of sports, not really that I'm into MLS shout out New England Revolution, but it seems like this is you're just describing it as a sport where people wear cool clothes and sing together, which is all I'm trying to do in every other aspect of my life. And nobody wants me to do that. But this would seem like it's a place where it's actually appropriate. I mean, don't they, they sing it? They sing it like American sports. Don't they sing it? I guess they don't really sing at NFL games, but they definitely sing at like college football games. Yeah, but everything is so loud at professional sporting events. It's like in the states, it's crazy. The music is. Uh, they want to give the illusion that everything's super loud instead of just trusting the people there to make it super loud. So I'm all for what they do in 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 football, where everyone's just yelling, hooting, and hollering, being all crazy. I'm all for that. Uh, what did you think of this year's Grammys? Because I didn't really I've I've always been into the Grammys. I don't take the awards super seriously because or I I'll say I take them with a grain of grain of salt, but Pete and I agree. This year's show was an actual party. They didn't really give out awards. They kind of just like skipped that part this year, but this was like a, this was a legitimate party. Yeah, well Two things about that. First of all, they've been they've been giving out less and less awards as the years have gone on with each year. And I mean, I remember when, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they would hand out, I want to say, between 15 and 20 awards in the main show. They don't do that anymore. They were like, if I'm not mistaken, there were 10 or 11 handed out in the main show the other night. That is out of a total of, mind you, 84 categories. That's how many categories. So, so you know, the real Grammy stands were watching at 3 p.m. Eastern when they started handing out the, um, what they call the premiere ceremony. It used to be called the pre-tell, pre-tell or pre-show. But that's where they hand out the vast majority of the awards. Um, so definitely the awards have become sort of an afterthought. I mean, this year they really felt that way. I think there were something like 25 performances, 27 performances in all this year. Um, uh, So that's, I mean, that's one thing as far as the way they handled it. I don't know. Like I had different feelings about it at first, the first few acts like Harry Styles, Billie Eilish and Haim, like all three. I mean, they were all, I love them all. And I thought they, they all sounded great. They, They were great performances, but I was a little weirded out by that sort of, club Grammy vibe, you know, where everyone was sitting around watching each other. I was on Twitter, of course, because I hardly ever leave Twitter. And, and, um, and, and a lot of people liked it. Like a lot of people really liked that whole, they felt it looked like artists being supportive of one another. Whereas I just felt like they would cut to, you know, they do a cutaway of Harry Styles watching Billie Eilish or whatever. And I, I just felt like 
he must feel so awkward. Like, but I don't know. What did you, did you, what did you guys think? Did you, I, I, you like I, it? I thought it was like an episode of Jules Holland, which was, uh, oh, yeah. which was really cool. And I think that also for like the casual, uh, watcher, it didn't really let you go. Like Pete was saying that he was kind of going to keep an eye on it maybe, but then I don't know, Pete, you're a few minutes into it and you're like, yeah. I, I can't turn it off during this or I can't turn it off during this. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was right. I thought it was different and unique. And I thought that like they did uh, the soundstage format seemed very uh, intimate and uh, it allowed later on, I guess it allowed them to get super creative with the performances and stuff. But I, I feel we talked about uh, how it's sort of like shifted away from the awards. I feel like the Grammys have kind of shifted away from even the music in, in recent years where it's kind of just more about the spectacle. And I feel like this year it's scaled back and kind of made it more about the music and sort of just like the intimate vibe of the performances. And I really like that. Yeah. I, I love that. It wasn't like grand. There were definitely grand moments. I mean, WAP was as grand as you're going to get, but I mean, really prior to that, like, I don't know, Taylor Swift and like there there were a bunch of like lights put up in that little weird house where she was hanging out with Jack Antonoff in cosplay or w- whatever he was doing. Like that was kind of the most yeah. production there was. I, I like that. You mentioned um, WAP and, and the whole Megan Hardy section. That was big. Uh, the Dua Lipa thing looked, I mean, it looked big on TV. I don't know how, how big a production it, it actually physically was. Um I, it was it was really only that first section of of those three bands that I th- I felt like felt like you were saying had a real soundstage feel, Pete. And I I don't know. I mean I it, you know I guess it, some people liked it. I, clearly, some people liked it. Um, you know, I think that it was more creative than just cutting away to London or you know New York or wherever and having a performance all performances remote. So you know. Yeah, I definitely think the, the remote performance things are, are quite awkward a lot of the times. And uh, I, and I don't even have a problem with how many performances they had and like how few awards that they handed out on TV, especially because like over the past year, everybody has been so hungry for entertainment and for live music that it seemed like if there was a year to get away with it, with how little award, the actual awards... Uh, how little focus they put on the actual awards, this would be the year to do that. Yeah, you know, they all, uh, it's interesting what they do too is, um, and it's kind of telling when you watch the pre-show, the pre-awards, um, you you kind of notice which which awards are saved for the main show. Now, always the big four, record, song, album, and best new artist are going to be in the main show. But they vary every year which ones they hand out in the main show. And in the last few years, definitely you see more pop awards, more more hip hop. Well, there were only two hip hop awards in the main show, I think, this year. Um, and 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 definitely, definitely over the last ten years, less and less and less rock to the point where this year, not a single rock category was handed out in the main show. And that's, I mean, sign of the times, right? I mean, it is what it is, you know, but. I know rock fans aren't really. I saw, I saw, I saw some rock fans. One of their big bitching points about Sunday night was um, was the Eddie Van Halen tribute, 
which I actually thought, I agree with my friend Jim, who writes for Variety, that they handle that well. I'm sorry to get off topic. You no, guys, please, like no. Rambling. Van Halen That's is very All this podcast yeah. is, is getting off topic. So if you write at home. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, I, I actually thought the whole In Memoriam segment was really well, really well done. And, and, and I was I was so happy that certain people were in there that maybe in other years might not have if, they, if it hadn't been such a long segment. Um, but uh, the way that they did Eddie, you know, just showing his guitar and showing 20 seconds or something of him, his performance, you know, there were. Van Halen fans or Eddie fans saying that wasn't enough and they should have done more. But my friend Jim writing in Variety yesterday said, you can't, there's no way you could have done it in a way that Van Halen fans would have been happy with it. I mean, you, you, you certainly didn't want to have some all-star rock and roll hall of fame style jam playing what Panama or something, you know? I mean, I think, I think it was tastefully done and well done. And um, so I didn't have a problem with that. But uh, go on. I, I don't mean to like pog the. No, I'll say. I mean, I'll just point out to your point. Van Halen fans aren't happy with Van Halen half of the time, so they're not going yeah. like depending on who's singing or I don't know. Like they brought out Gary Sharon to give like a tribute to uh, Eddie Van Halen or something. Van Halen fans would have been pissed. I'll say Van Halen fans, sneaky, uh, sensitive group of fans. They got mad at Billie Eilish when. A child was like, I don't know who Van Halen is. Children <laughs> typically don't know who Van Halen is. Um, and, I mean, for the the Rock Awards. And for the Rock Awards, I mean, there's only so many times that you can invite Imagine Dragons to give the same speech at the Grammys when they win Best Rock Band every year. Yeah, there's... there's this is true. It's, it's a no-win situation so with the Rock fans. The Grammys aren't real they aren't real creative in terms of who they nominate. Right. For rock awards, it tends to be super repetitive. And speaking of rock, by the way, I mean the 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 fact that the Strokes, God love them, only this year won their first Grammy. I mean, and I, I went back and looked after I heard that st stat, and I it's the fact that is this it? Which I mean, almost universally, their debut album is considered one of the great debut albums of all time. You know, like it's up there with of an underground and whatever. I mean, it is. But it was not even nominated for anything, not even alternative for the year that it the, that it was eligible. And then Nas as well. Nas had never won a Grammy until this year. And Illmatic, again, one of the most acclaimed hip hop records of all time, wasn't even nominated the year it was uh, it was eligible. So, so I, this this blew my mind that Nas was not. And I, I agree with you on the strokes. Absolute insanity. So I went back and I looked up uh, because Nas had been nominated before. Um, so King's Disease won Best either. Rap Album this year. Uh, he's been nominated 14 times, four times for Best Rap Album, and that's I Am, Hip Hop Is Dead, and uh, oh, and Nas. Those were also nominated, but not Illmatic, which is crazy. So I'm going through, I'm like, Hip Hop is Dead, I think, is like a, a deserving album of best rap album. How does that not win? And then I see, you see Graduation came out that year, and Kanye's on a heater, so you totally understand why Kanye West wins that Grammy. But you're like, the biggest takeaway is, how is Illmatic, or It Was Written even, how, how are they sure. never nominated for even best rap album? They didn't start giving out the award 
until 1996. So Illmatic wouldn't qualify for best rap album because it didn't exist. But even so, the convert, like the way the Grammys viewed music was so different back then. And let's say, I mean, to put it delicately, let's just say they had blinders on for various reasons that Illmatic wouldn't be nominated for album of the year. Illmatic is considered one of the greatest albums right. of all time. I mean, it, from the 2021 point of view, it not only should there have been a rap album category, but but Illmatic should have been up for album of the year, 100%, right? I mean, well, the famous statistic, what is that? Is is that um, Outcast was the last hip-hop record to win album of the year, right? Uh, for Speaker Box Love Below, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 2004, I think it was the last... I'm almost sure that's yeah. I mean, it would have been. I mean, Kendrick and Macklemore are the only uh, real recent contenders, and neither yeah. of those won. That was, I think, 1989 won that year. Mm-hmm. They also do. I, I I couldn't stand, and maybe I I got to get off this like weird Beyonce uh, a- obsession I have, where I'm not even the biggest Beyonce fan, but I think that. Different conversations drive me crazy about Beyonce. Like, I, I I frequently bring up to people, I say, hey, who do you think's a better vocalist, Adele or Beyonce? And when they say Adele, I lose my mind because Beyonce is just like an all-galaxy talent. The Grammys have not been kind to Beyonce, and they threw themselves a damn celebration on Sunday night being like, Beyonce, oh, you tied this record, Beyonce. Oh, most wins. Okay, you t- oh, now you broke the record. You have the most wins ever. Beyonce and the Grammys, we're cool, right? They have given her one real Grammy for single ladies. That is the only, and not to say that, like. I'm pretty sure they would, I'm pretty sure they would take exception to you calling one out of 28 a, a real Grammy. But, um, but in any case, I know, I, I know what you're saying. And, um. And uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I mean the the Adele, the you know, mentioning Adele too, it brings to mind, you know, that moment this year where Billy won to everyone's surprise record of the year, and then did that whole thing of like, I feel embarrassed, and 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 you know, Megan, this is really yours, and that, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, I just, you know. It, it's not Billy's fault she won, right? So like that, that idea of sort of like apologizing for winning, it's like, it is what it is. You know, I, I mean, like it's on the Grammys, the fact that Megan didn't win or anyone else didn't win. And when I don't think anyone really, I mean, I love Billy and I more power to her. I thought last year's sweep was a bit much, but, but whatever. Um, for that to win record of the year, just that was one of those moments where you like, you know, it's one of those like, what are you doing, Grammys? You know, like you get it right more often. Well, no, I won't say more often than not, but way more than you used to back in the day that we were talking about back when, you know, the Omatic, the, the Omatic days, right? But um, I don't know. What did you, what was your thought when she, I just felt like, I mean, it's, it was very sweet of her to say that, but I always imagine myself seeing, you know, if you're Megan sitting there or in the case of the year that Adele won and she sort of apologized to Beyonce to be Beyonce or Megan sitting there, I, I'm, I don't know. It's cringeworthy to me. It's like, I'd be like, girl, you won. Just yeah. enjoy the moment. Yeah. Have, have I, your moment. I thought, it was, I thought it was heartbreaking and I'm glad you brought it up because like we talked a, a week ago about 
some of like Billie Eilish's anxiety and just so, like the way that she sort of criticizes yeah. herself and and really thinks about kind of everything and and holds herself to like a higher standard. So for her to go up there and like profusely apologize for like an uncomfortable amount of time, like it was uncomfortable. I I think for like for everybody watching and for everybody uh like probably probably Megan as well uh but also just like really heartbreaking because you know go like in Billie Eilish's head that she is like I'm going to get torn to shreds because of this everybody's gonna hate me and she just doesn't isn't able to enjoy any of that so it's it's it really sucked what do you think the world would have been like if social media existed for the boy band craze of Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, Sync, and everything. Because BTS is associated with this army of fans they have on social media. And I thought growing up that like the worst people could be to each other were two of my sisters who like one was an NSYNC fan, one was a Backstreet Boys fan. And that was considered like this kind of like ruthless uh like thing that existed. And my God, it could have been so much worse. It it could have been worse, you know. So, the thing about boy bands, and that and that era that they were that they were as massive as they were, is that what you had counterbalancing them, and this was you know the height of the TRL era, right? Um, what you had sort of counterbalancing them were the sort of dudes of rap rock, and you know one of one of just to use an example, Fred Durst's favorite targets, and it's, you know, shooting fish in a barrel, to be honest, was going after boy bands. You know, fucking, can I say, can I? Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you let her rip. Yeah. We are PG-13, yeah, my friend. Did, I, <laughs> um, you know, you know, Limp Bizkit on, in, on the, uh, what was it? tour they went on oh fuck can't remember but you know one of the big one like on stage props they had they brought out this big toilet and they flushed images of NSYNC and backstreet or something sick like, burn really guys like, <laughs> huh? yeah yeah well exactly so 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 clever so so clever Fred um but I don't know I that but see that whole that whole kind of agro male mentality that was such a, a significant part of of uh of pop culture i mean throughout the 90s i love the way that you know having as you guys well know lived through that decade um and been on you know talking about music and pop culture in that decade it's funny how people remember it as being a, a you know progressive time and music change especially on the rock side you know and obviously it was in some people's minds, the golden age of hip hop. But dude, there was so much. I mean, we now we now use toxic masculinity as like a a, a common sort of identifier. And we we people know it when they see it and how when it manifests itself. Dude, I mean, you only have to look at the Britney documentary to, to see how sort of casually that was that mentality was a part of the way things were back then. And like so when I think about and I'm just, I'm really not answering your question about social media and if it had existed, but I think social media is, is, you know, it's always been just like fuel to whatever we are. I mean, it just, it, all it does is, 
it just it's gasoline for whatever whatever for what I guess whatever we are. And I, I just think that 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 kind of mentality, you know, Eminem slut shaming women in videos and songs, it just wouldn't fly anymore. It doesn't fly anymore. If 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 he I just I mean it's so shut down in a minute, it, at least at a general pop culture level. Yes, there's plenty of hip hop songs about getting your dick sucked, etc. Of course, but not I, not in the way, not in the way that it was, and certainly not from a rock pr- perspective. Because, like we were saying earlier, rock is so faded from sort of primacy, you know, that um, you just don't hear it. Uh, that really doesn't answer the question about what if social media existed. No, though. but it, I, I don't mean, know. It uh, does. It does raise well, the 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 point though, and like speaks to the behavior. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right though. It probably just would have kind of heightened whatever was going on. So it would have been a lot louder version of a lot of bad things. And obviously social media right now heightens a lot of bad things. People just use it to tear each other up, but they'd probably use it to tear each other up in a a different way back then. Uh, The BTS thing. All right. Uh, Dynamite was, wasn't, was just kind of widely ignored by last year. Right. I'm not kidding. My fa- my my favorite pop single. It is so good. so good. I, <laughs> I I mean, and and I and I feel like pe- there wasn't a consensus, except among clearly the, the army. I think there was a consensus that it was as good as it was. Like, I, I can never. I don't think I'll ever get tired of that song, and it just puts a smile on your face. And and there's been a lot of times for when people have not had smiles on their faces past year. And I don't, I don't know why anyone finds that song, anything other than just pure bliss. And um, the fact that it got one nomination and dude, I love Gaga and everyone, people who follow me know I love Gaga and I've interviewed her a bunch of times and we're, I consider her a pal. So I'm not, this is not anything against rain on me. I'm glad it got an, won an award, but the fact that dynamite had to lose that one award um, and then, I mean, I was on like throughout the entire show watching because all I, all it took, I knew it would happen. It was, it's almost like you can, you, I knew it was going to happen. The second I tweeted something about BTS being robbed, but it looked like, it looks like they're going to close the show, even though they were robbed. Oh, holy shit. Within 10 minutes. 400 likes, you know, you know, 200, 100 comments. Like the BTS army undefeated. It's unbelievable. Um, So it's just, it's, it's, it's a real shame that that song didn't get more shine. And it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, it's, you know, if that song had been done by say Bruno Mars, it probably would have gotten record of the year, song of the year nomination. Yeah. So I really believe Quick time out. The audio got a little jumbly here, so we'll pick it up with John talking about how artists were viewed, critiqued, etc. back then, uh, just going off of the Britney doc. I don't need to tell you guys that when the Britney, um, when the Britney doc aired, there was a lot of conversation about Justin, which led to a lot of conversation about Timberlake, that is, not Bieber. Um, and which led to a lot of conversation about Janet and the Super Bowl. And, you know, I lived through all that and people have asked me in the year. And there's a, there was a clip from an interview I did with Timberlake a couple of years 
after uh, Crimea River and all that stuff went down. And um, and also a couple, it was a year, I think a year after the Super Bowl with Janet. And um, and people ask me, you know, have asked me in the years since, you know, didn't you, didn't you feel like it was shitty the way he kind of threw her under the bus or whatever? And I guess my answer to that is really that I was so pissed off at the way America kind of threw her under the bus and, and like, and, and, and thought that was so, so shocking and just, you know, outrageous. My attitude was it's, it's a breast, get the fuck over it, you know? And I, I, I understand there will be people that would say, John, it's a family entertainment, it's the NFL. You can't be, I don't, I'm sorry. No, no. There's a hell of a lot more things to worry about in the world than a bare breast. So, I was so, at the time, I just remember being so disgusted by this, you know, overly judgmental uh, country's reaction to it, that what Justin did or didn't do, I don't know. I didn't really think that much of it at the time. Um, And likewise, Crimea River, you know, I, I don't, I mean... I interviewed Brittany probably four times in that period of 99 to when I left 2008. Um, And my, my interactions with her were always great. And I mean, I don't, I like to think I treated people, treat people decently. And I just not that kind of, when I see that in the, in the documentary, that montage of like these just pricks, like tabloid pricks asking you this I said this to someone else recently. I was like, can you imagine Ariana Grande today being asked in a press conference about her breasts? For oh, fuck's sake. God. She'd like, not only would she walk out, she'd probably like smack the guy, rightly so. You know, like, I mean, I mean, I don't know. There was, there was a moment during the Britney documentary where she was in an interview and they like, they asked her about uh, the the wife of like some politician, I think it was, or it might've been a politician themselves, but like, they're like this person said they want to literally shoot you. Right, like you ought to be. Shot I was like, w- what? I was alive during this, and I don't remember it being this absurd. Even I don't remember that. I, a lot of some of the, a lot of that, those stories that would live for a few days and tabloid stuff around her. After a while, I just, I don't know. I maybe I was getting them out because I was doing more. I think I was doing more. Um, like indie rock stuff by then. Cause I finally was able to do like music that I hadn't, you know, my history there was a lot of what I did in the nineties was because we were the news operation until Sway came along and Serena came along and Gideon came along. We didn't really, it wasn't very big. It was basically me and Kurt and Tabitha and the early part of that decade. So a lot of what I would do for news would be stuff Kurt, didn't want to do right so that would be the pure pop stuff except for madonna because kurt always got to do madonna until finally i did and i i actually you know knew her but when it came to interviews um it was always him which is fine um but so like he, he wouldn't want to do he definitely would, was not going to do boy bands um and he had no interest in you know talking to britney or christina or any of that and um so that would always fall on me and it was fine and also, for a long time, news didn't really cover that much indie rock. 
in the nineties, I guess, alt rock, but it was a lot of that was left to like 120 minutes and or alternation. Um, but finally I got to, by the, by the early two thousands, I had been there long enough and, and like, I was just bitching about shit left and right. That we are like, just to shut him up, let him do, Oh, talk to, you know, grizzly bear or vampire weekend or whoever, you know, he wants to talk to. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry to bring things down. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just thinking of like how just different the, the world is, but like the different, like the industry is and the music industry, just uh, everything. Like I, I, I work in television kind of, and I'm aware working in it now that it used to be so much different where I, I don't know, just for, for some reason you talking about like, uh, Kurt Loader would get these guys and like he'd he'd kind of take his pick and everything like that. Like it's it seems like everything more now is kind of streamlined where there aren't uh there aren't like these like huge big dogs and I don't know, it it seems that everything is a lot more uh yeah, I, I guess just just streamlined. It's just uh it's just a different world. But also you well, can I'll tell you what. <laughs> Because MTV's relevance in because MTV's clout has been so reduced relative to other media outlets over the last fifteen years, and this is nothing against MTV. I love them. I still we left. I left there on the greatest terms, and that's always going to be family to me. And no matter who's there, and very few people are still there from when I was there. But um, I, you know, I just they don't. Not automatically going to get a Beyonce interview anymore. Mm. Whereas, you know, up, uh, certainly up through the mid two thousands, you that you, it was a given, you know, that you would get, and and especially if you had sway there or whatever. Um, but so like throughout the nineties, you know, MTV was you know got the anyone they essentially anyone they wanted. I can't you can count on one hand the number of people who were like would hardly ever grant MTV an interview, Kurt Cobain being one of them. I think he only did one or two interviews and Kurt Loder did both of them. I never did. I certainly never got to interview Nirvana. I mean, I met Kurt, I met Kurt once at the VMAs, but um, and nowadays, you know, major artists, the Ariana's, the Gaga's, the, the Adele's, the Beyonce's, they, you know, they, you know when they have a new project, you can really predict who they'll who they'll be willing to give time to. And it's very it's a very limited number of outlets. It's it's it's, it's maybe Zane Lowe, right? It's the New York Times, NPR if they're more indie sort of minded people, The Guardian, uh, and then you know some of the big talk shows like the probably Ellen, probably. Whoever you know, Fallon. That's it, and that's it. And because they can go places that they know are friendly territory, you any artist knows they're going to go on Ellen and Fallon, and it's just going to be a love fest. And there, there's not going to be a challenging question. I'm sure, you guys saw the clips that have resurfaced in the last few weeks since, kind of since the Britney thing of Letterman mm-hmm. being what some people would say is shitty to Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, you know, and seen through the lens of kind of today and being reevaluated. 
I have mixed feelings about that. I <laughs> Paris Hilton's got a got a rich history of being shitty to people. So it's not like I'm gonna I'm gonna shed too many tears for Paris Hilton. But um, you know, um it, it is it's to answer your question though, I mean about I mean things have things have changed so much, so much. I think that the artist and and publicist has a lot more control now. And they can just say no to things. And my social media has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. You can just you can just like choreograph your message and your and and your what you want to put out there and and pick and choose. Be a lot more picky about it. I'll ask a quick uh, BTS question. Do you think that they're going to yeah. be around much longer? Because I didn't realize they've been. Ar- I've been thinking of getting into them because I like Dynamite so much. And honestly, I think it's the only song I know by them. But they've been around for 11 years, and that sounds like that's pretty much how boy bands go. Like, it should be any day now, and I don't want to get invested and get, have my heart broken. In fact, it's longer than a lot of boy bands last, right? I mean, um, I, don't know that the, I don't know that K-pop plays necessarily by the same rules that Western boy bands have in the past. I know that, and I'm, not, I'm no K-pop maven, so don't quote me on this, but I think that... Um, mandatory military service is coming up soon for at least some of the guys in that band. And mm. um, so I think maybe a hiatus is coming up. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't speak super um, uh, intelligently about where they're at career wise, but um, I, I, I dynamite is, and, and I know people, you know, the, the real stands, the army folks will say, where have you been? Is a why haven't you been supportive of them until Dynamite? Why did it take an English language, you know, pop dance disco song to for you to get behind them? And I look, I mean, I'm not, I don't claim to have been with BTS from the beginning, but I'm happy for them for whatever kind of shine they can get. Um, I, I don't know, hard, hard, hard to say. I don't know. Um, I don't know where we're even at with. Western boy bands, you know, I think we're at a kind of a lull, yeah. you know, in that sense. Also, BTS has like 90 members, so they could like stand to lose a couple and still survive. Yeah. So, yeah, do what bands used to do. This, this never happens anymore. I know it, maybe it's because bands don't exist, but in my day, um, or I guess it was a little before my day, but a band would just my- lose its lead singer, be like, it's cool, we got a different guy, <laughs> and we're still that band. Like, the idea of I'll use the example of Maroon Five because because like Adam Levine was quoted recently saying like Hey man what happened to bands and it's like well you killed yours. you kind of <laughs> yeah. happened to to bands dude but um, imagine if Maroon Five <laughs> this would just never happen if Adam Levine left Maroon Five and Maroon Five was like Hey we got someone new like I hope you give us a chance like that. Things like the Eagles replacing, um, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Randy Meisner with Timothy B. Schmidt or whatever, like, th- or Van Halen switching that's lead singers. Before your time. Right. And that's definitely before your time. But like, that just used to happen. Um, there would just be that turnover and it'd be like, hey, these are the stars. You're, uh, you got posters of us on your wall. Look, we had to say bye to one of them and we're going to keep going. Now it's. I mean, Blink 182 did it and everybody was like, this isn't Blink 182. Exactly. Exactly. It it just, I feel like it just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. I don't think it happens anymore either. Um, And when I, when I, well, when I don't like it is when iconic bands who've lost 
a singer who's among the most iconic singers in music history, in the case of Queen or in excess, do this thing where they bring on, granted, no res- no disrespect to to uh, Adam Lambert, but like, talk about shoes to fill. Like, You're right. I mean, like, I, or and, and honestly, I felt that way about Michael Hutchins, too. Like, not at the level of Freddie Mercury, but... Um, I don't know. I understand that they've got an amazing catalog and the remaining members don't want to just give it up. But really, like, and of course, in the case of NXS, didn't they have a contest to replace their singer? Wasn't that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This brings up a question that is very near and dear to the podcast. Uh, Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody and what did you think of Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie? Uh... Uh, hmm. Yes, I did see it. Um, well, I love Rami Malek. I'll leave, I mean, I, that's the that's the the nicest, and I and I <laughs> actually like Rami Malek's performance. Just some saying, people man. felt like, yeah, you're going in the right direction. Right, right, right. Go ahead. You're, you're going where we want you to go. <laughs> Just say like some people feel like the look was distracting. His, um, the the um, in the mouth area was distracting, but um. I that wasn't my issue with it. My yes, issue with it was same. that it was just kind of a standard, dial, you know, dial it up. Paint by numbers, and also, that, yeah. and also that they exactly, and that they whitewashed, you know, they the his illness, and I don't know. I, Straight I up didn't tell didn't, the truth. Right, right. <laughs> they, yeah. I mean, they they messed around with like the timeline of the band so much that was infuriating, but. Like, I I wish when uh, he said, like, when he tells the band that, like, he has AIDS or whatever, I wish, like, the someone in the band was like, we've never seen you. We don't know anything about your love life. We don't know, like, because ba- based on this movie that we're living, you, like, you've got your, your wife that you kind of hang around and- with a, a little bit. But, like, they just so, yeah. I mean, it was, it was disgraceful how much they just ignored this person's life when pretending to tell his story and i don't know what they were afraid of but man oh man and everybody was like this movie rules it has queen music yeah that that bugged (laughs) me they were like the music was so good i'm like that's because it's by queen you idiot like you put queen in any movie of course of course and the people who were saying they loved it are the people that don't even really want to think about the reality of who freddie was or or his life or you know that and that and, you know, and honestly, when you consider that Brian May was everything had to be signed off by him and the and the estate, everything that went in that movie, it just it it's it makes me sad that that's the way it's sort of like scrubbed version of Freddie is what they want. They That's what they want to leave the world with. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I did not see Rocket Man. I don't know. Maybe did you like Rocket, Rocket Man? Man was more? better. Much Rock, better. Rocket Man was more of like a jukebox musical, and uh, oh. I, I'm a big Mamma Mia two head. Pete and I both are. Uh, I like I, I like that kind of thing. If you want to do a movie like that, then by all means. If you like, want to just if like you're, if you're not gonna tell the the like the truth and and really kind of let us in, then make it fun make it and a different fun production. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. Add in a storyline with a bunch of different fathers and everything. Just basically make every movie Mama more Mia. like Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2. And uh, I'm on board. But, John, 
awesome talking to you. Appreciate so much. We we know they were coming up on uh, your uh, your football team's game coming up. Which who do you support? Three, three minutes. Three minutes into kickoff. Oh, let me let me just check the phone here. Well, I oh, we're the worst. No score yet. We're we're on. It's it's not going to be easy today either. We're up one nil in this series. It's Champions League's round of sixteen. Um, but but we've been having we've been injury riddled this season, and um, so we're going to be. We will be fortunate to get out of this round. So, but I'm well. You'll I'm never walk alone, just or, or whatever version of it is for Real Madrid. So, right. uh, thank just, you for coming yeah. on. This is awesome. Much appreciated, Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Love to talk again sometime. Love that John Norris. He is awesome. Hell yeah, thoughtful guy. Yeah, right. Like he's got. I I I, I, I like people like that. Yeah. Who. Even if if you ask them a question that like they hadn't really considered, they're like, "All right, I'm going to consider this on the fly." Versus, mm-hmm. I don't know it's very easy to like not give something your full attention. And everything he seems like he's more like us than maybe initially would uh, would meet the eye. So cool, dude! Awesome talking to him. Uh, we'll have to have him back on. But uh, the BTS thing, I uh, I'm just going to do it. I think starting Friday. I think starting Friday, Diving I'm just in. going to start listening to BTS. I've got I'm overdue on some stuff. I've got to check out and listen to. Got to watch a million movies if we're going to be able to talk about the Oscars. But I think that Friday I begin listening to BTS. Uh, I was going to mention this, but I didn't want to get too off topic. But um, I think that a lot of BTS fans have um, like call me maybe syndrome, where um, yeah. where they do more than just that song, right? Or... And I think that that a lot of BTS people are like shut up about dynamite i like dynamite's a good song i i i really like it there's more to bts than dynamite and i i have that with carly ray jepson with call me maybe but i've seen that reaction already and i respect it you know what bts needs to do then they got to pull a vampire weekend one time at the beginning uh one time they put vampire weekend at a music festival up against uh somebody else that was really big and uh I think Vampire Weekend like wasn't psyched about it or something, and they were like, "Well, this stinks because if anybody uh, checks us out, it's going to be like, oh, well, like let's go hear a song or two of Vampire Weekend, then we'll just go to this other stage.'" So they opened by playing a punk three times in a row. That rules. <laughs> and so. they were like, "If if this is well, we're going to be to you." <laughs> yeah. Here we're just <laughs> so BTS needs to do an entire concert. Oh, dynamite! And honestly, I would go. Uh, th- if you <laughs> promised me there was a show of, int- it, uh, again, I'm trying to get into BTS. But if you were like, "Hey, we're gonna start you off with an hour and forty minutes of <laughs> dynamite over and over and over again," I'd be like, "I don't know how that makes me more of a BTS or a, a smarter BTS fan, but it probably makes me more of a BTS fan." Uh, we talked about this on the stream earlier this week too. Uh, thanks to everybody who hung out, by the way. Uh, yeah, very cool. Keep doing that. Uh, We'll be back Monday, and uh, we've got, I've also got the we've got the bonus episode coming out Friday uh, to the Patreon people. So get on Patreon if you haven't. Yeah, patreoncom slash brunch. We'd love to have you, and we're almost halfway to the uh, the sleepover. We are we really, almost really halfway. Want. This is going to become like a recurring uh, bit that we're almost halfway to the sleepover, but we're closer to halfway to the sleepover than we were last week. That's awesome. So yep. we're. Like we're almost almost halfway to the sleepover. So also stunned by uh the the amount of people that have done year 
commitments on Patreon, which you can do uh, for a reduced price. Save you some can, money. You can commit for a year. Uh, I love that because there is absolutely no reason why anybody should trust us, us yeah. to do something that we've promised to do uh, for a full year. So we do plan on doing it for the full year. Appreciate the show of faith. What I was saying was uh, for BTS, we talked about it on the stream. Uh, the There are a million members of BTS. We talked about this a little bit with John Norris, but like large group, the one guy, the, the, the lead guy, the, the one lead guy who uh, was at the forefront of the Grammys performance. We are enamored with that guy. Definitely. I have no idea how old these young men are i have no i do know they've they've been at it for a while it's actually kind of cool i was perusing their wikipedia page and they seem to have like done it like bands did it in like like chipped the, away the 80s and stuff right like yeah. they're like like playing clubs and working their way up and i'm like that's not what boy bands do they, <laughs> right. they just like they just decided they, they like, decide they're a band, band. yeah you are the, okay you hey do you want to join this thing it's automatically the most popular <laughs> right. thing in the world okay cool you're a millionaire. Now. That is You're literally what happened to like One world. Direction. They're yeah, just like uh, Backstreet Boys and yeah. Sync, same thing. They're like, look, we're gonna we're gonna warm you up by having you play a couple of malls, but that's if anything, that's just like we want to get you used to playing in front of crowds and stuff. Right. Like you, if we wanted, we could speed this right up to <laughs> you have the number one song in the country. So good for BTS. Yeah, the dude that takes the first verse in Dynamite, he's got this charisma. He's got this charm where. Every look he's given you is just like he's like kind of flirting with you, but you're like, nah, he's not flirting with with me. It's like I'm not he's good too enough cool. for him. Yeah, yeah. He's got he, he he's just he, he's just got it. He's uh he's gonna they be are. a star. They, he's gonna be a star. <laughs> look, watch out. You know what? I'll say it. The whole group they're gonna be on big. the rise, up yeah. and coming. I feel like you they always, could win, they could win best new artist at the Grammys in like you three or four years. Send me like, hey, this is gonna infuriate you. Tweets and it's always somebody like, hey, check out this thing that's been around forever. <laughs> I could see you sending me a tweet of somebody being like, I'm calling, like I'm getting into BTS and I'm calling it this time next year. You're gonna wish you'd gotten into them too. Like <laughs> that is like me now. I'm like biggest. I'm thinking about. BTS kind of electric. I'm in on them. Oh, I know. I, I know. I'm very late. Oh, on, for sure. Yeah, but one of my friends t- texted me during Haim's performance and was like, "Not to be that guy, but it is cool to be like a 2013 Haim fan, seeing where they are." And yeah, it's kind of like a Taylor adjacent thing where they've aligned with the right people and everything, mm-hmm. but. 2013 Heim fans popping on the Grammys, seeing them, seeing it, them kill it, feels it, good. It feels good to 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 appreciate that while also like not gate gatekeeping. And I haven't seen a lot of Heim gatekeeping. I think that it's a lot of like Heim fans are glad that people are becoming more and more in on Heim, and Heim's like becoming more mainstream because Heim's just done the same shit right forever. Every, everybody <laughs> wins if Heim gets big, like, right? If, if you're into Heim, then cool. But like music gets better if like a really good rock band is one of the big. Like we were, we hit on it a bit with John Norris. That like no one cares about rock anymore. No one wants to. And I know that Heim. I don't think won anything at the Grammys, but the fact that they, they're that, up for the album that, of the year. That, yeah, that Wimp Three was nominated. Yeah, that's kind of big. Yeah, yeah. So watch out for Heim. 
they're going to be popular <laughs> as well. We're giving you all those tips. Uh, I'm gonna get. Let's do a second straight week of let me blow your mind. Okay. Don't stop. Don't start now. Great Dua Lipa song. I learned this last night. The bass line in that the bass in that song is great. Right? It's all you're hearing really. So much of the verse and the the verse and the chorus basically is just drum, bass, Dua. It's all you're getting. Also, another re- thing I learned, Dua Lipa's name is Dua Lipa. Really cool. Did you know that bass is not a real bass? Really? It's just a MIDI bass. Yeah. Just like someone played it on a keyboard. Oh. Tell you what. Cool. Didn't blow my mind, but. it'll blow, When you listen to it, it'll blow your mind because it really sounds real. That's It's uh like the Seinfeld theme. Okay. That, <laughs> yeah. That's not a. It's real, not a real bass. Yeah, I know that. Plays on a, on a keyboard. So and it changes every uh every episode? I think, yeah. He yeah. would like re record it to however whatever uh tempo Jerry was pacing. Which in is the incredible. Intro. Yeah. That guy's an interesting dude. I don't know if you I get a lot of targeted stuff from him on really? Instagram. I forget his name. It's uh it's very similar. I feel like it's similar to uh Dua Lipa? Seinfeld 2000's name. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Seinfeld music guy. His name is... Oh, Jonathan Wolf. Yeah. And Seinfeld 2000's name, I think, is... I, I won't dox him. Although it's out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Google it. Um, but, yeah, Jonathan Wolf is a very eccentric man. He posts uh, fun, eccentric videos of him just being like... Hey, Will and Grace fans! I'm gonna play the like I I made the music for Will and Grace, and you're like I know I follow you. And it's <laughs> like I'm gonna play it real quick. He's great. He's delightful. Um, that's uh, I think that kind of wraps up any and all Grammy talk. Uh, I mean, get ready for Silk Sonic to take over your life. Yeah, folks. that's gonna be. I- Bruno Mars hasn't gotten old yet. And it's surprising that he hasn't gotten old because everything he does is so freaking derivative of something you've already heard. And, and it's, it's so like, freaking grand. Like, yeah. everybody should be like, this guy is fucking obnoxious. But he's so good yes. that nobody is like, fuck this guy. He's too over the top. Yeah, talent wins out, I think. Yeah. with that, that's You can get away with stuff if you are so, so, so talented. Uh, Got to put in a quick request uh, to the world. Every time Taylor Swift talks... Stop saying Easter egg. Did you see that? It was trending yesterday. It was like Taylor Swift dropped an Easter egg in her speech. And I was like, I can't have a third of one of these albums. (laughs) It's incredible that we've done this much Grammys talk and we uh, haven't even like discussed the takeaway. But I think that it's just you would like to avoid it. No, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Everything she does is going. Everything she does is the best and it's perfect. (laughs) And now... Taylor Swift is better than the Beatles, more talented than everybody in the world. There's no way that anything she does is trite or formulaic, whatever. And look, I like trite stuff. I like formulaic stuff. It's why I like Taylor Swift. I the stuff of isn't it the best? Just yeah, and and like I hate that question being asked when the answer is no. And I feel like most of the time these days we ask, isn't this the best? The answer is no. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it, I think it, it sort of like stems from we don't want to yuck anybody's yum. Don't yeah, but also like not everything has to be the best. Things can just be they solid can just in what be they like are. good to to very good. To... Shout out, um, 
shout out circling back they kind of lean into the small to mid-size yeah. podcast kind of thing i mean not everything there's only we had this conversation with um shoot our uh pal uh, martin rickman uh talking about albums or something and someone was like oh this well it's not thriller it's like yeah it's because thriller is once in a once in a generation album yeah there is one there is one thriller so they the the taylor swift thing the bar is set it's established anything that she puts out now for, for if that album wins album of the year it means that everything she puts out for the rest of her career will win album of the year and that's fine I'm glad I'm glad that it hasn't angered you. I I didn't want to do like a because I know we we land in in, uh, different different areas of enjoyment on folklore. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it didn't anger you. Uh, I'm glad that you kind of had some time to process it before it even happened. Exactly. So it it didn't ruin the night for you. Um, Yeah. But like even for me, like I I really liked folklore um, and maybe like the the my favorite album of the year based on like what I listened to, but I didn't listen to a lot. And I probably can tell you and admit that there was better albums that year. Um, so I, I couldn't even take like a victory lap or anything. It was just kind of like, okay, I hope people don't go yeah. overboard with this. Yeah. And Charlotte tweeted, um, look, I'm by no means a Taylor hater, but women in music part three and future nostalgia were both better than, folklore i very much agree with that point i also think that neither of those albums are deserving of album of the year but the first part of like look i'm by no means a taylor hater who's a taylor hater nobody like i I really don't think but like i i I do think that at this point you shouldn't have you shouldn't have to defend yourself and add that disclaimer to like any fair criticism of taylor swift and now you do i sent out a tweet uh during uh during the performance i was like i love taylor but this is like the lamest performance of the night so far yeah i don't know there's just this weird thing i hate that you have to just like put that disclaimer out there how many people are really hating on taylor swift like uh, who are, are people hearing folklore being like this sucks it doesn't suck. It just doesn't do. It's it, it's it's just I think bland. It's, it's just nothing. I think it's just more of a defense mechanism used against the army because the yeah. army will just assume. I do that for sure. I'm like, hey, look, right. I've given her a lot of my money, as have all of us. Right. I am. I have that in common with you. But the 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 army will automatically assume that you have some sort of anti-Taylor agenda anytime you say something negative about Taylor, which is why the the disclaimers have to be thrown out in case somebody comes and catches it out of context it's silly it's It's the place that we are now and it's terrible yeah it sure is um the 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 present sucks dawson (laughs) that's right we need to get back into that yeah we should bring back the present sucks we should bring back random reviews of uh dawson's creek episodes because whenever we don't have anything man we'll just, just grab a uh dawson's creek episode uh oscar things are out oscar nominations are out and boy we just didn't take in any real anything over the the last year because i'm looking at the best picture doms usually when the the oscar nominations come out i'm like i just got to see one or two things then i'm good best picture noms the father judas and the black messiah mank 
Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Some of these I know I should have seen. Yeah. But I have seen two of these movies. Um, which one? Obviously, Promising Young Woman and what other one? Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. I still haven't even seen Judas and the Black Messiah. And that was like very easily available to me. And yeah, everybody was talking on. about it. And I did, still didn't see it. Um, I'm a little embarrassed about that one. I'll, I'll rectify it before the Oscars. And um, I'm going to try to watch the rest of them. But damn that's yeah. kind of crazy yeah, yeah. i hadn't even like heard of some of those movies yeah i i sound of metal is uh highly recommended has been highly uh, yeah that's the one with uh riz ahmed riz ahmed yeah yeah and then uh nomad land is with uh francis mcnormand okay um i'd seen that one and i got re- heard uh good things about it so i'll definitely also check that one out uh i'm very happy that promising young woman got got uh got the nod Oh yeah, I I I'm starting to see more and more like that people are listing that as their favorite, and I do think that uh, based on what I have seen, which again is a limited sample, but I think Promising Young Woman is my favorite movie that I saw from like the last year. Yeah, it was. I would. I think I would agree with it. Uh, no, I I honestly I preferred. Um, I care a lot. Really? Yeah, yeah. and both of those kind of take like uh, leaps. And my my main critique with Promising Young Woman was how the it assumes that you're willing to to part with the main character, and I wasn't really. And I know that look without spoiling anything, like movies have like people go to jail and people die and stuff, and like things happen to these it's characters. Not always tidy or happy, right? And but... it's maybe it's not supposed to be pleasing, but it. I think positioned it as a kind of like a wink at the end of like, hey, everybody won here, and I, uh, I, I, I was not prepared for that to happen. Yeah, she dies at the end. (laughs) There's no way of saying that she she dies at the end, and uh, she. She gets she gets some justice, which obviously this movie is about extremely uh, overdue justice. Mm-hmm. And she gets some justice, but she dies in the process, and uh, that bummed me out. But yeah. uh, obviously, the topic of the movie is um, a, a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, and um, like when I say that's my favorite movie of the year, it it it's, it feels tough because it feels like I've just been constantly battling and i mentioned it even too during the the grammys thing is like constantly battling just like how horny i am for entertainment and like things to go back to normal so like when even a a, like a good movie comes out i'm like this is awesome yeah i'll take any man i I will take anything like Uh, i think that if promising young woman came out during like a regular year i'd be like this is very good not probably not gonna be nominated yeah, it would fall into um, like uh, what was the one with oh, uh, simple favor. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Like good, some things about it could be cleaned up, changed, whatever it may be. But I'm not expecting it to to be nominated. I'm that, glad this. That's was how I nominated, felt like about though. like Ford versus Ferrari too. Where I was like, this movie yeah, was, didn't need to be. This movie was was very cool, but like. Probably doesn't need to be in the best picture c- category. Yeah. And I don't think that prom- I don't think that promising young woman is is. I guess I can't say that when I haven't seen a lot of them. But like, I'd be surprised if it won. Well, let's okay. Let's do this uh, crazy 
experiment. Let's go through um, like just last year's movies because I'm I'm. I well, do... last year was fucking stacked. right. So, like, where would say the best thing we've seen so far? Which let's agree, it's promising. Young woman wouldn't make it. I, uh, I don't think my top ten. And just stop me when you say maybe I'd have this ahead of this. Uh, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Knives Out. No, no. Queen and Slim. I had Queen and Slim very high. You did have it very, very high. But I would still put Queen and Slim uh, yeah, above that. Yeah, I think that. Queen and Slim's better than Promising a Woman. Midsommar? Nope. Marriage Story? No. Jojo Rabbit? <laughs> Not in a million years. Little Women? 1917? Uncut Gems? Um, No. All right, 11. You'll probably... This this might be where it came. What, what do you think my number 11 movie was? I know this is a tough, but... It's a movie that you'll say, well, you think this is the 11th best movie. Nobody else. Oh, um, The Irishman? I think The Irishman was, I had it 25. As, uh, 42. <laughs> yeah. I had it 42. Cold Pursuit. Oh my God. Okay. Well, yes, I would put uh, Promising Young Woman I think ahead of Cold Promising Pursuit. a Woman and Cold Pursuit are like in the same conversation for me. Obviously very different, but like, <laughs> I think Pain that it's, Glory, I think Loose, that, I think Peanut that, Butter Falcon, like Last Black Man in San Francisco, right. Hustlers, like the, oh, there are so many movies that would be better than what so far we've seen as the best thing, but who knows? Maybe uh, the it's other It's just mo- like an unfair, uh, unfair like competition because that's one of the better years in movies like ever uh, yeah, in our yeah. life. Uh, and then there's this year, which is obviously to, to really no fault of its own, just a horrible year for movies. Yeah. I, uh, so best actress in a supporting role. They should just say best supporting actress, but, um, I love the nominees. I was very excited because I thought that this was best actress and I was going to be so happy with these nominees because it's, um, it's two actresses, uh, pardon my ignorance, of, of whom I've not heard. Well, one of them is uh, the woman from Borat that everyone said did uh, was great and was okay. like the breakout star. But uh, the other three, uh, Amanda Seyfried. I'm always so afraid of announcing yes. Seyfried. Uh, Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman. Oh boy! I would have loved if Glenn Close was up for Best Actress and Olivia Coleman was yes, like, "I am no. so down to watch Olivia Coleman just body Glenn Close and ruin yeah. that storyline every year." Yeah. and like I don't, I like Glenn gotta Close. Be, it's always got to be Olivia <laughs> yeah, Coleman, right? I just need it to be a bit. Yeah, uh, but that's for Best Actress. It would be dope though if in what two of the last three years Olivia Coleman bodied Glenn Close in various categories, yes. but. I mean, I could run through these. Uh, I could run through these uh, nominations, but I don't think it would do anything for anybody. Yeah. Oh, I am happy. One that I wanted. I thought it would be best actor, but he's up for best actor in a supporting role. Lakeith Stanfield Hell was yes. nominated. This is a Stanfield podcast. We we field him, as they say. Um, I don't. And, and, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> um, I. I don't think it's disrespectful to say that I, I bet that this is Amanda Seinfeld's first uh, nomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do very much love that uh, the Mamma Mia cast now gets to boast another uh, 
Academy Award nominated actress. Oh yes, Mamiya Three is <laughs> yeah, going to right. have the longest trailer right? ever. <laughs> like I, I want, I want, uh, I want the um, uh, Zombieland Two experience mm-hmm. where it, Zombieland Two, like every actor when they first made it, it was like obviously a, a good cast. But when Zombieland Two came out, there was so much time in between it that like. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg had been nominated. Uh, Abigail Breslin had been nominated. Emma Stone. Emma Stone had been nominated. So literally, like every piece of the main cast was an Academy Award nominated or winning uh, actor. I want that so bad for Mamma Mia. Uh, on Emma Stone, uh, podcast decision has been made. From mm-hmm. now on, it's not called Cruella or whatever it was going to be called. The Cruella Deville origin story will be called Dog Joker. Dog, bang bang dog, gavel bang yep dog court has ruled on that that movie will be called dog joker we've got to and i i bet it's gonna be maybe via zoom or something but whatever movie junket they do whatever press junket they do we've got to be in on that right yeah we, like we should try to get we, we should tell the wash to, guys be like listen don't have to get us ads. Yeah. Just get us in the mix. Gotta get us stone. Get us in the mix for Dog Joker. We get we got we gotta get Stone. We gotta get Hauser, and we need them to know we'll, we will be calling it Dog Joker. I was Joker going to ask. I was to gonna ask. I was going to ask. Faces. We have to make the commitment right now that if if it happens Dog Joker. We gotta call it Dog Joker. Right. Just be like, hey, uh, at the end of the interview, be like, hey, um, if you could just like look into the camera and say like hi. I'm Emma Stone. My new movie, Dog Joker, is out. Whatever. Um, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, we would kill it in that sort of junket. And I don't know if typically... I've only done one uh, movie junket before where you're sitting down and the uh, chairs across from each other. You and they the got the poster in the background. Yeah, they got the poster in the background. It's very cool because... I'll, different than I thought it would be. I thought that you were legitimately in a small room and... You're just sitting there in different corners, but you're just in any other room. It's usually just like a it's usually just like a hotel lobby, exactly it. And they're like uh, they're like this far apart. Right, right. You're just sitting there, and you're like, oh, that's not this. Well, now that changes a lot of the questions I had. (laughs) But I okay, now we have two seconds left. Okay, Uh, but the great thing about those things is is that um, it's such a grind for the actors that if you go in and you're like. We're going to do some weird shit. Make them smile. That yeah. makes them smile. Makes and day. a lot of the times they are so down for it because they're just doing the same interview all goddamn day. That's right. So, But I also feel people go in there and they're like, so what questions are you sick of? What have you been asked too much? And like they, they're like, I get to say that, not right. you. Like, don't, yeah. don't do the thing. And media, media people do this all the time where they're like, isn't the media so annoying? It's like... Well, now you're just you're you're right. both you're the pandering. media and a rat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so now, like, I definitely don't trust you. And you have to get. I think I feel like you have to get really good placement to be able to pull that off. Because if you do it, if you do it in the middle, you're sort of breaking things up. Yeah. But if you do it at the end, they're exhausted and they're just like, "Dude, this is my last one. Fuck you. I'm we should not go, trying to do this. We should go first and be like, set so, the tone." <laughs> How many, how many like annoying questions about everything have you been asked? Like, dude, it's nine in the morning. Nothing. They have coffee, and everyone seems nice so far. 
Yeah, but I bet everyone's like, oh, I remember when you were in Superbad. It's like, yes, we all know you were in Superbad, but you've done so many great things since. Haven't they been so annoying? It's like you are the first person to bring up Superbad today. <laughs> right. Like, anyway, uh, look, we're cool. Um, call call your movie dog Joker for the camera real real quick. It's just like a, we're not going to be like, oh, oh, Cruella. Like, do you know the song? Do you know the words? We're not going to quiz you on any of that stupid stuff. Just like call your movie dog joker uh for us please thank you uh do they i don't know if they have two people sit down when um like i don't when they do junkets sometimes they'll have one person interviewing two actors but i don't know if they give two spots to one person to two interview like to one interviewer yeah it's a good i don't even think that they do the two actor thing anymore because uh i think that ben affleck might have ruined that for everybody what happened you don't know, remember the clip of uh, it was him and Henry Cavill for uh, for Justice League, and uh, and Ben Affleck was just so out of it and staring straight ahead, and they have like the slow zoom on Ben Affleck's face, and he looks so fucking miserable to be there. Uh, that might have ruined it for uh, for d- double actors moving forward. That's not even that's not even the biggest uh, Ben Affleck press junket moment I've. I've heard of. Well, is it uh, Ben Affleck doing the Dunkin' Donuts press junket? No, Ben Affleck being told that Tom Brady, uh, or that, uh, was it the the Jets or the Bills or somebody beat the Patriots? No, I don't remember that. He was like, well, I'm just looking up the score of the Patriots game. I'm going to look this up real quick. Uh, Ben Affleck, Patriots score, and yeah, Bills score, okay. We're gonna do, uh, we're gonna do a quick little timeout. You guys can watch this yourselves. <laughs> He's disgusted. In the wait, what? There, the Rex Ryan. <laughs> That's a man yes. whose brain is totally fried, and he's just not ready for that news. Yeah, we should go to a Ben Affleck press junket and be like. Look, I know everyone else here is probably being so annoying to you. Um, do you see what the Patriots score was last week? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing Rex Ryan wasn't there. He's so annoying. <laughs> what are we going to do about him? What are we going to do about Ben? N- nothing. nothing. We're, <laughs> we're nothing. We are not going to be in his life at all. <laughs> No, he is, it's so sad. He's gonna have nothing. He has to do no with, idea who we he are. Is, he's gonna have nothing to do with us. We are. Fuck. That is the correct answer. 